I know that you are a member of Azria and you grew up through Azria. So how did Azria kind of help you and how can RIAs help people that's getting started? When I first started off, you know, in wholesaling, I tried to go to as many meetups as possible. And one of the first ones I went to was actually Azria. And that's actually where I met Mike, you know. So I started off going to their monthly event about real estate, the market, that type of thing. And then I attended one of the subgroups, which was a beginners, you know, investors slash like wholesaler group. And I uh, connected with Mike and I started wholesaling with Mike, essentially. But I think that's one of the best resources, honestly, any Azria in the country to go to if you're interested in real estate investing, not just for, you know, the knowledge, but, you know, you make great connections with people. You can get deals, do deals. It's just a great resource for sure. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Azria family, whatever time of the day that you're listening to this episode, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Azria show. I'm Marcus Maloney, and I have my co-host, Mike Delpreet. What's up, Mike? What's up, what's up? Today, we have Manny Simeus on with us, and we're going to be talking about fixing and flipping. He's doing deals here in the Valley. And we just wanted to get his perspective on what's going on with his deals in the market. As you already know, or maybe you don't know, we did a piece on him following him on YouTube through his flip that he was doing in Mesa. So if you haven't seen that, go back to the Azria YouTube channel. Just put Azria in a search for YouTube and you'll find his episodes. And we walked through his flip from the beginning when he first purchased it all the way through to the end where he was done and ready to put it on the market. So right now we are excited to talk about fix and flipping. So let me get Manny's perspective. Manny, kind of introduce yourself, man, and tell us who you are. But before we do that, I need to hear a brief word from our executive director of Azria, Mike Delpreet. Thank you, everybody, for being on and listening to our, what's what, our 24th-ish episode? We're getting up there? Yeah, still early in the game, man, but we're but we're making it down the road. Yeah, we're getting up there, um, starting to gain some traction, so more and more members are listening, more and more people from around the state are listening, so we appreciate everyone, you know, chiming in every week and uh, taking a listen to what we have to say, so let's get started with Manny. All right, Manny. Jump right in. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. My name is Manny. I'm a full-time real estate investor now. I've been real estate investing since 2017. I've done around 40 deals that includes, you know, fix and flips, uh, rentals, and wholesaling. Okay. So 2017, so about five years. Tell us about that start, man, because there's quite a few people in Azria that's either looking to start or transitioning from a career and want to get into real estate full-time. How did that start happen? Because, you know, a lot of people, that's what they say. I want to go full time, but I just don't know how to do it. How did you do it? And what did you do before real estate? Yeah, so that's a great question. So before I started this, I was actually in IT. I did desktop support. I was doing some coding, like backend stuff, SQL. But, you know, I was always a guy who liked doing side hustles. So, you know, I always, you know, I would like drive for Uber or Lyft or 
you know, do a DoorDash type of thing just to have extra money, you know? So there was a, it was a combination of two things, really. It was looking for a side hustle. That's how I found wholesaling on like YouTube, right? And then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which, you know, they talk about real estate, but that's more of like a mindset book. But it definitely got me in the right mindset to get into real estate, you know, and uh, kind of start there. So, Well, we all know Robert Kiyosaki here, based in Scottsdale, has changed a lot of lives with that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And we definitely thank him for that. But we do have an advocate of our own, Alan Langston, and he created Asria. And I know that you are a member of Asria and you grew up through Asria. So how did Asria kind of help you and how can RIAs help people that's getting started? Oh yeah, for sure. So when I first started off, you know, in wholesaling, I tried to go to as many meetups as possible. And one of the first ones I went to was actually Asria. And that's actually where I met Mike, you know. So I started off going to their monthly event about real estate, the market, that type of, and then I attended one of the subgroups, which was a beginners, you know, investors slash like wholesaler group. And I uh, connected with Mike and I started wholesaling with Mike essentially. But I think that's one of the best resources, honestly, any area in the country to go to if you're interested in real estate investing, not just for, you know, the knowledge, but you know, you make great connections with people. You can get deals, do deals. It's just a great resource for sure. Perfect. Perfect. So, so Manny, you know, we go back a little bit. So you worked, were you like uh, working with another investor? Like at first, didn't you get, start get some basics from them or what? How'd you get involved with that? All of it was really um, in the beginning, like YouTube, uh, university, just learning through that, you know, avenue. And then when I met you, I kind of learned like the real um, hardcore, like details of like how to do wholesaling. But I did, once I was working with you, I would say about nine months in, I had a buddy who, you know, I was talking to about real estate investing that actually wanted to do it. And then when he saw that I was doing it, we decided to partner. And that's really how I, you know, I pivoted into the fix and flip realm. And was that, so what made you guys, what made you go from wholesaling? You know, a lot of it was, you know, you see the um, HGTV shows, um, mm-hmm. the before and afters, and it's always like really appealing to, uh, you know, go and do that. And, you know, I saw like you can make a pretty good amount of money doing that if you're buying the property right and, you know, you're sticking to your budget and all that. So we, we started off with our, our first house was actually in um, South Mountain. So okay. 21 day flip and um, we got in and out. We, it was really good. And we made about 40 K on it. And then we real quick. So, so how'd you find it? Yeah. So I found it through an investor from the uh, brokerage that would just send deals and it was pretty detailed. And so they would send you a packet, you know, essentially that of um, the deals that mm-hmm. uh, have been closed, um, you know, the purchase price, you know, they actually provided contractors if you did a deal with them. Um, which is, I think, kind of helpful if, you know, you're first getting in and you don't know anything about that. And then, you know, they told you the ARV and everything. Obviously, you have to do your own due diligence and everything, but um, they there was a pretty good resource. So I used them for the first couple of uh, flips that I did. Okay, nice. perfect. Perfect. So you, you got that flip under your belt, but let's kind of go back. And because we, we don't want to gloss over you going from no-time real estate investor to full-time real estate investor. But I know that there were some part-time real estate investing in there in the beginning. So how did you get started with that first deal? What did that look like? How did you have the gall to jump out there and do that first deal? Because we have a lot of people that's on the sideline and they're saying, well, I can't because I don't know this. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't have a contractor. They make a lot of I mean, no fault of their own because the unknowns are out there. They 
there's a lot of excuses. How did you overcome all of that just to get out there and just get started? Yeah. So you're referring to my first fix and flip right now. Also. First deal, period. period. Okay. Yeah. So from my first deal, period, going back to, you know, the YouTube university stuff, I was learning, you know, the different strategies for wholesaling. I essentially took the driving for dollars to heart. So I just started driving outside of, you know, my job, I would just drive around at night on the weekends and look for, you know, houses that were boarded up, houses that had tall weeds, um, anything that showed any sign of a distressed property, right? And then you can like go and skip trace that information and call the seller and go from there. And that's essentially what I did. And the first day I got, I made $10,000 and it was, you know, off a boarded up house in, you know, South uh, Phoenix. So. So, so where did you, how did you know how to run comps? How did you where did you get the contract from? Because I'm trying to eliminate all of these excuses sure. um, that people have. And, and like I said, no far to their, their own, but those are just some mental roadblocks that people set up for themselves. They hear, okay, five years later, Manny is doing flips, but you know, what was that initial thing that you had to get over in order to, to really get started? Yeah. So, you know, in the aspect of the wholesaling side, when I got the contract, I literally just Googled like real estate contract. Right. And then you have like a regular realtor contract. And then I saw a whole bunch of templates for what I was looking for. And, you know, I just edited based according to like what my situation was. And I provided that with the seller. Now you might think like, Oh, a lot of people might think, Oh, I need the perfect contract or whatever. A lot of times these people in distressed situations just want to be done with that. And, you know, if the contract isn't perfect, it's okay. When you, you know, take it to your title company, if anything needs to be changed, you know, they can be a good resource to help you with that too. So. Perfect. Perfect. So you got the, you got that deal, got the wholesale deal. So Marcus, you want to jump back into the flip? I like the, I want to go back into the. Yeah. 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 I just wanted to get the baseline of how Manny went from no time investor to yep. closing that first deal. Now we can go on to the, to the fix and flip. Sure. So you got your first flip, you got it from, so you, you, you leveraged the, the resources of this company that provides deals, analyzation, contractors, all that stuff. Did, so did, I'm assuming when you first saw all their numbers, cause I know some of these companies might fluff a little bit, did, were they spot on or what, what was your, you and your partner's comparison to their numbers? Yeah. So to kind of um, go from the end of your question backwards, like, so my business partner that I had initially uh, flipping, he didn't have really any, any experience in real estate. So he provided the capital and I was doing all the research, you know, and managing the project. So, you know, like you said, yeah, some of these companies or some wholesalers will inflate numbers for like what the ARV, you know, would be or whatnot. But I was basically using, cause I didn't have, you know, access to the MLS at that point. Redfin was a pretty good resource from what I had researched and I was just copying based on like what had sold in that area off of Redfin, you know, in the past three or six months or whatever. And, you know, when we did flip it and we did sell it, the, their numbers versus my numbers, they were almost exact. So good. Awesome. That's good to hear. So, so did you, did you do a home inspection or do you just have the GC check everything? The hard money lender that I used in the uh, beginning, they had a resource and someone on their team who had flipped a bunch of properties. And I actually went to him and said, can you meet me at this property to give me an idea of like what you think in your opinion uh, would be, you know, the, the total cost for the rehab. Right. And then I had a okay. contractor to come in there and give me his idea. So I could have multiple eyes, right. Just to kind of give an idea of what like a pretty solid number would be for the rehab. Got it. And did you, uh, 
So that so that was probably your first hard money transaction, borrowing yeah. money from somebody, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. So so you know, did they question anything about your skills? Did they asked for proof of anything, or was it pretty easy? Just put the money down and the numbers look right. Let's go. So that whole process was pretty interesting, actually. When I was looking for hard money lenders when we first started, I actually used my title company as a resource and she provided a, a list of hard money lenders. And then I asked them a bunch of questions I and mean, I actually sat down with a couple, a couple of them for, you know, for lunch and went over it. And I finally decided on the one that I used, Boomerang Capital, David Nielsen. Okay. They just seemed like the best fit for me. And they, I, I told them, I was like, you know, I'm brand new. You know, I'm trying to get into a fix and flip and that type of thing. And I sent them all the details of that flip that I was going to do. And, you know, they looked it over and said, you know, this looks good. So then they gave it a shot. You know. Okay. Quick question. Awesome. Quick question. So let's put this into perspective. So you had the deal first before you had the money. Yes. Okay. I hope you guys hear that. And I hope you guys take that to heart. Everybody thinks that. Well, I got to have the money before I can go out there and find a deal. Manny is living proof right here that he went out and found a deal and then he went and found the money. So don't let money be a hindrance and stop you from getting out there, finding deals and doing what you need to do, because the money will come, but you got to have the deal. Yeah, that's what I was going to say on top of what you said. If you have a deal, you'd be surprised how easy it is to get the money for the deal. (laughs) Yep. There you go. Yeah. And, and, and so any tips or anything you want to share? Cause we're talking about the first part of your first fix and flip, you know, so from acquisition, running numbers, right. Getting the money and all that, any tips or anything you do differently again, or you started doing differently? That you- I would say the biggest thing and we could go like on, we could do a whole episode about this, but the way I would vet contractors is probably the only thing I would really change from what I did. Because what would you- we could go, we could go into this, but I had one, rehab where we almost lost everything and it was super stressful and it was because i didn't bet the contractor properly for sure so and what did you find out about that contractor yeah so it was a contractor that i had used for you know a handful of previous flips and it went well but it was like a higher end flip and this guy if you go into like that if you decide to start off in the lower end and then go into the higher end you should definitely get a contractor who has experience with the higher end stuff because there's a lot more factors that you have to take into account for sure um, than you do for just like a first-time homeowner house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with this particular situation, um, because I had done other flips with him, I just assumed that this guy could take on a project like this and he didn't have the ability to do so. And, you know, he started just making excuses and giving me the run around. And, yeah, just started going downhill from there. So Okay. Was it the quality of work or was it the speed? It was like everything, man. It was everything. the quality of work. It was the speed. It was the communication. It was literally Okay. So make sure you vet your contractors, guys. Take that tidbit from Manny. Manny, you're giving giving us some good stuff here, man. So you you're doing this, you're doing this flip and you're into it. Did you run into any issues in that first flip to where you were like, man, what did I get myself into? So the first flip, no, that one went like literally flawless. We were, it was like a, I would say advanced cosmetic rehab. 21 days, we put it on the market. And then, you know, we got an offer in eight days and it closed. They didn't, they didn't fall out or anything like that. So, you know, starting off like that, we're like, oh man, this is going to be easy. This is going, <laughs> right? And then yep. we did a couple more and then we got to that one that was the problem child. And, you know, I learned a, a lot and, you know. Um, the problem child though was the luxury one. Yeah, yeah. So you went from starter home to luxury. 
Yeah, so I did a starter home, I did another home, then a mobile home, and then we did that one because the previous three were super well, you know, no issues. So we said, why not do this one? This one has a bigger spread, right? You know. So, just- so the, the lesson was you jumped from standard starter type projects to luxury, which is fine, and then the vetting of that type of contractor to do luxury was the issue. Right, 100%. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's take a brief break, hear a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to dig into more with Manny about how he's currently finding deals, you know, how he transitioned from the previous contractor to finding a new contractor and what's next for Manny. So let's take a brief break. When we come back, we'll be back with Manny Simeus. Do you need to close more deals? The answer is, then you need to call more motivated sellers. How do you do this? Skip tracing. Skip Tracing gives you the access to the telephone numbers and email addresses of distressed property owners all across the country. Whether you're looking for vacant houses, foreclosed houses, tax delinquent properties, Skip Tracing can help you get in touch with those hard to find homeowners so you can write those offers. We recommend BatchSkipTracing.com. Batch Skip Tracing has consistently delivered the highest quality results in the real estate industry. You simply upload your leads to BatchSkipTracing.com, apply coupon code as RIA, that's A-Z-R-E-I-A, at checkout, and receive 15 cent skip traces. That's BatchSkipTracing.com, apply coupon code as RIA at checkout for 15 cent skip traces. All right, Manny. So you were talking about that jump from traditional standard entry-level flip to now something more luxurious. First of all, why did you decide to jump from standard grassroots flip to something more luxurious right so like i was saying before we had done three flips and they went flawlessly and we're like all right this is easy the contractors doing everything you know communicating you know we're making money making you know what we thought we would make or more on every project so an agent that i had met at a meetup actually bought me this you know high-end property north scottsdale and i ran numbers and the numbers made sense and you know it would be a six-figure flip so we're like you know we have this contractor, you know, we've had no issues before, you know, all these other flips have been profitable. Like, why not go for this one? It just makes sense to us. So. Okay. Yeah. So six figure flip, what all needed to be done in that property to get it where it needed to be. And do you, do you remember the numbers at the time? Yes, I do remember the numbers and it was a lot. So we had basically said it was going to be right around, right around 80 K. So this was a pretty big house. It was a four bedroom, three bath, um, 3,800 square foot house. And people were going through a divorce and it'd been trash. They had animals. It smelled really bad. It was basically, it was basically like a full gut almost, right? So, you know, we had talked to the contractor, we agreed on the price and everything. And, you know, we got, I would say like three months in and then this guy started making excuse, excuses. Um, he was supposed to order like all the new windows. They weren't coming in. He was giving me the runaround. The quality of work that he was doing was just very questionable. And then, you know, he just started like ignoring my calls. Um, what it wasn't showing up to the job site when I would just go in there and check in on him. So it was, just, it was a mess. It was supposed to be four months, but it ended up being 13 months total. Wow. You know, and you got to think about this too. So this is a 600000 house, $600,000 house, excuse me when we purchased it, right? With the hard money loan. And you know, the hard money loans are close to you know, $6,000 a month. So it was six figures of just holding, holding that property for the home. So it was very stressful. So you went from a four month timeline to a 14 month timeline. So that's 60K additional and, and 
holding cost. How are you able to eat that, you know, with this only being like your fourth or fifth flip? I would say, and I contribute this to my hard money lender, um, they were very helpful with the whole process and they understood like what I was going through. I was very communicative with them. So um, they helped me out throughout the process when, you know, we ran out of the rehab budget. They gave us more. We, we did a uh, BPO, which is a, um, you know. An Broker price option. Okay. Yeah. So they reassessed it and, you know, based on while we were holding it six months in, it appreciated. It's like right right when COVID started and they were able to, you know, give us the funds that we needed to, you know, uh, finish the property. And once we put it on the market, it was like 20, de- 20 days before we got to asking for it. Okay. Was that, was that Boomerang as well? Yep. Yeah, that was Boomerang as well. Wow. I just so, want to yeah, give a shout out to David and Boomerang, man. They're yeah, always yeah. taking care of our members. And uh, during COVID, all this was happening. Yeah, yeah. Were you sweating? Were you sweating a little bit? Just a little bit, losing a little bit of sleep. <laughs> yes, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're wow. taking on a $600,000 flip, you know, plus you're putting, you know, another 80 into it. It's your first big flip and COVID hit. So, yeah, I, I can imagine you were sweating a little bit, Manny. <laughs> All that. And you negotiated David on that Missouri property. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Gotta love it. Awesome cool man so all right tell us more about this so you're in the middle of covid you're sweating a little bit right losing a little bit of sleep you key thing you said communicate right Uh, i was even talking to my son about that this morning with his basketball coach and changing schedules it's like you just got to communicate show him you want to be there show him you're serious that's what you did right so you communicated you handled up the money situation so you you found the new the new uh, contractor and then and you guys just Anything else? Just rolled it out and just fit, finished off the project. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Manny. Because we can't gloss over that, Mike. How did you transition the contractors? Where did you get that that new contractor from? Because we're in COVID, right? Now you can't leave your house. Right. <laughs> well, you can. Well, you, the situation. Real estate people, like you know, um, what was the term that they used? Um, you know, essential workers. Essential. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So we could go out there and do stuff and same thing with the contractor. So I was still able to meet contractors out there. I was getting bids um, from like handyman and whatnot, anyone I could find to finish the property. And, you know, I found a handyman who, you know, was able to do it and he did some of it. Okay. And some of it was bad. And, you know, I had like four different five, four, four or five different people come in and out to fix the stuff that the previous contractor, you know, had messed up. So, wow. Like we're hemorrhaging money at this point and we just want it to be done but we finally finish it you know 13 months in it's and it's funny how i found this contractor that helped me finish everything um because this was going so horribly wrong and i realized i really didn't know anything about the construction side i said to myself i can't let this happen again so i need to like project manage or you know work with someone who has a ton of experience so i you know can learn every aspect the cost of material the cost of labor for every aspect of a you know, essentially a gut. So I actually had uh, met, you know, um, Tempe at a meetup, Templeton Walker. And uh, he had posted on Instagram about one of his friends who had a ton of experience, you know, on that side, on the construction side of the thing. He had 15 years of experience, done over hundred rehabs. So I reached out to him about that and, you know, we connected and I ended up working with him 
And that was like right towards the latter part of the project. So I took him to the project, asked him if he could help me. And then he helped me with the latter part of the project. So that's really how we ended up finishing up the project strong, essentially. Awesome, man. So, so uh, once again, social media, right? Just seeing what people are posting is a great way to find resources and do more deals. So was there, what are some, wrap up some of the, the conclusions on the deal, maybe some final numbers. Did you guys do what you really wanted to get what you wanted to get or was it? Yeah. So um, like I was saying, we purchased at 600. Um, you know, it had appreciated about a hundred thousand while we were, when we initially, you know, ran numbers, it was, we were thinking we'd get like 900 to 950. We thought we would be, you know, 75 in fully for the rehab. It ended up being like 125. Um, but, you know, when it was all said and done, we ended up selling for just under a million. It was like 980 and we ended up making like 20 or 30K. But, you know, we thought we were going to lose everything. So that was a win to us. And we were just happy to be done with that project. So. Wow. So wow. You, had, you had elevated holding costs because you hold it for 10 months longer than you anticipated. Yeah. You had elevated construction calls from 75 to 120 so man thank god for appreciation huh (laughs) and just learning lesson for future listeners and listeners you know right now is the time where this is happening right and you roll with it take advantage of it however you know as your career goes forward it's not always going to be able to save you like that appreciation saved me in the past recently so it's like one day there's not going to be that. So technically you may, you could, if the appreciation was a standard market, slow, normal, whatever, right. you would have lost. Oh yeah. You got, yeah. You know, so do, you know, get, get your, your fundamentals straight, right? Run your numbers, your contractors, you know, throw some tips on that Manny for us, Marcus, like, right. What, what are some things if it was appreciation wasn't there or going forward on all your deals, regardless of appreciation, you should be running it pretty solid for sure and you should never bank on appreciation it's always nice but definitely don't use that when you're running numbers. and always exactly. always add one of the things that we do is add at least a minimum five percent buffer on what you think the cost is going to be for the rehab and we run an extra buffer on the holding time especially like like i said not every market is like this you know, everything doesn't fly off the shelf. But when when we start seeing some sense of normalcy, you, you just never know. You know, some properties you think will sell in 45, 60 days and you end up carrying it for an extra month. So you got to make sure you have the liquidity in order to be able to carry that property. Awesome, man. So so now the, the property's out of the way, going on to the next one. Do, do you feel that you're wholesaling experience has helped you get more deals into the future going after these deals or right now. So Manny, I'm just kind of thinking through now that, you know, we talked about a couple of deals and obviously you're still doing deals in today's market. So just a thought it had, well, the reason I'm going to ask this is because I noticed a lot of people, you know, they get frustrated with the wholesale deals coming to their inbox. And, you know, we always say, Marcus and I are like, Hey, learn what the wholesalers do, learn the marketing, learn the negotiation skills, right? Add them to your flicks and flip business. So you can go get the deals yourself. Do you feel that your wholesale experience has helped you during these the deals you've been doing? Yeah, um, it definitely has for sure. Um, I would say one thing is like the connections that I've developed with like, you know, 
legit wholesalers who bring good deals to the table. I've purchased them from them. I would say one of my biggest resources is agents that, you know, I've had um, relationships with over, you know, the years. And, you know, when I say that, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I'm calling someone off their MLS off their property. It's not just that. It's like much deeper. Like a lot of these agents that are giving me deals, I've done multiple deals over the years with. It's like, get to know these people, build a relationship, like know their family, like what they like doing for fun in their spare time, like really just build on that. And that builds trust in like a really good relationship. You know, it's not just like, I'm, I'm a cash buyer and I want to buy your property. Right. So. Love it. So, so I always say, you know, real estate, 80% real, this is all relationships, right? So, so you don't have some huge marketing budget running all month. You're just finding these deals from these in pocket listings or in these inside relationships that you're cultivating. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Wow. That's great, man. Good for you. Yeah, that's good. You know, because a lot of people, they figure, well, I got to spend $10,000, $15,000 a month to get, an, to get a deal, you know, in order to uh, fix and flip, but you're doing it just based off relationships. And it's funny that you say that. I was listening to a gentleman, he's in San Diego and he's finding deals. That's, that's his marketing channel is he's just going out networking, meeting realtors, having lunch everything like that. And he's finding deals and he's, you know, closing, you know, two or I think it was like four deals a month just from doing that. And this, in these markets. It's huge. Cause especially as like all three of us, you know, we've known each other a while, you know, you, you like to do deals with each other. You like to make money with each other. Right. So um, like I was, I had, you know, a meeting today and the gentleman's an agent, he's doing really well, right. Closing deals. And he wants to, you know, beef up his, his marketing and trying to think of other things he can do, which is great. But just listening to the story, he's a connector, right? Like he, he's very personal, funny, you know, go grab a drink with him and, you know, shoot the crap with him, you know, just talk and whatever. And it's just so personable. And he does things uh, like hobbies, right? So he's a part of clubs. He's a part of like all these experiences that he likes to do in his life. And he makes friends in all those areas, and that's where all the business comes from. I'm mm-hmm. just like, you just need to do that even more, you know, connect even right. more. Right. It's, it's, it's so, so you can make a living just doing that, man. Um, so that's, I'm glad you're doing that. Absolutely. So Manny, real quick, what's next, man? What are you currently working on? So, yeah, right now, um, you know, I just finished that uh, flip in Mesa that uh, went really well. Um, so kind of get kind of just kind of recap that real quick give us the numbers let us know where you are in the process on that one because everybody followed that so just just to give them some numbers awesome yeah so we purchased that about three months ago for three hundred and thirty three thousand. it was an advanced cosmetic rehab so you know we did the floor paint interior and exterior kitchen bath flooring all that type of stuff and then you know we thought initially well, the rehab was 60K and we thought initially that we'd probably be in mid 400s. But when we put it on the market, one sold that hadn't been rehabbed for 490 and then, you know, ours was rehabbed. So we said, let's put it at 499 and then like hopefully create a bidding war, right? And that's literally what happened. We got five offers and we accept the one at 520. So. Okay, perfect, perfect. So and and how were, were you guys at? Did you guys finish all four, all the videos or? Yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah. Yeah. We're done. So they can go to YouTube, Azria, YouTube, and see all of those videos of that flip. So great job, Manny. Thank you, man, for, for allowing us to go on that journey with you. And we're definitely going to do some more of those also. So 
currently, what's next, man? Yeah, so uh, currently we have one in Gilbert that we got, uh, downtown Gilbert. We're thinking about turning it into an Airbnb. How did you find it? Yeah, so that's one that was, again, through an agent, investor, friend okay. of mine. You know, he bought it to me, said, you know, if you, I, I want, I might want to do an Airbnb with this one, but I'm not sure I might want to flip it. Then we ran some numbers and we're like, you know, based on the proximity of this property, how close it is to you know, downtown Gilbert, where there's all this stuff to do, we thought it would make sense as a long-term hold. So it's a post-possession with the current seller for about 30 more days. So we'll probably go in there in about 30 days and uh, get in there with the contractor and start, you know, creating a game plan for, you know, how we're going to uh, rehab the property. Okay. And guys, uh, and Manny, I think we talked about that one, right? We're going to follow you through that one. Yeah, for sure. It's most likely it will be an Airbnb. And if we do, for sure, or even if it's a flip, we'll definitely uh, go through the whole process with that one again. I think okay, cool. Yeah. So you guys will be able to follow us as we do this quote unquote downtown Gilbert flip slash Airbnb. So you can follow us on YouTube for that as well. So you're doing that one. Mike, anything you want to interject? No, man. I'm just having a good conversation. All right. So, so if you guys want to learn more, about fixing and flipping and things like that you need to come to the fix and flip subgroup the next one is wednesday april 27th and mike what's the address to azria the new azria well, well well the fix and flip oh subgroup. that's going to be at a, at a different location yeah so always go to azria.org forward slash calendar right and just double check where the event is yes yeah, so all the subgroups we have a new office over here on 16th street in highland central phoenix so that's where 90% of the meetings are going to be. But Bob Gomez's uh, fix and flip group is Wednesday, April 27th. He he holds that in Scottsdale. So I don't have the address off the top of my head, but check the calendar. Okay. All right. And and for you guys, Bob Gomez has been, man, a part of Azria for since the since the beginning. Started. Yeah, yeah. Since the beginning. And he has over 30 years of experience in the real estate market here and as in Arizona. So great person to learn from great person to listen to and great area to uh, network. Yep. Yep. Definitely is. I check out Bob's class every month. So what else we got here? If you go to Bob's class, don't you Manny? Yeah. You know, uh, no, I would say once every few months I do go. Yeah. Cool. We also, you also swing by uh prec Phoenix real estate club that's the fourth Tuesday of every month. We talk about everyone's live deals. You, I know you always come through and have something to share with us. We do the I want, I have session. We do the market update. This is kind of the place where, oh yeah, you know, I want, I have, what else did I say? Market power networking. Power network. Yeah. This is where we like, you know, usually the monthly meeting that we do on the, the second Monday, we have a big market discussion or yeah, present presentation. But here at the prec, we'd like to talk about have more of a discussion, have the members chime in on their thoughts, what they're seeing, what they're feeling in the market. So try to check out PREC uh, April 26th and it's a uh, Tuesday this month. So, and, and real quick about PREC and Mike, you were sharing this with me because I wasn't there last month is that deals are actually getting done there. You know, you had, had an experience where a couple of deals were closed. Actually, Manny, you was able to pick up something from, from PREC in St. Louis, right? Yeah, that was crazy. That was a, uh, property that was being condemned in uh, St. Louis and, you know, David Nielsen, the hard money lender that I use, you know, brought it to my attention. And, you know, I know other uh, investors in, that wanted a property, you know, for either a rental or a flip. So, you know, I was able to get under contract and uh, 
wholesale it um, for a price that was pretty crazy considering the current market to get a house, two bedroom, one, one bath house, 900 square feet for a thousand dollars is pretty crazy. What would so you sell for? A buck a foot. A buck a foot. Oh uh, yeah, I sold it for six. Love it. So, so th- that exactly is all the Azri events, and especially uh, the Phoenix Real Estate Club, because you know there's a lot of active investors as our members, and they're not wholesalers, right? They don't have large cash buyers. So, but like yourself, you have these agents filling your your pipeline up with deals. But sometimes mm-hmm. you you buy one, life life happens, or you maybe you don't want to take it down. And people just come to the group to say, hey, I have this deal and I don't want it. Ron, a longtime member, two months ago said, hey, I have a fire damaged property. Don't want it. It's too much for me to take on. I already bought it. If you're a wholesaler and you want to blast it out, let's talk. And one person reached out to him. I didn't even, (laughs) I should have done it myself. And they made 4K just by showing up. You know, so that type of stuff is always happening at our meeting. So So, so when uh, is that again? When is Preck again, Mike? Uh, it's the uh, fourth Tuesday of the month, April 26th, here at the office. Okay. And just lastly, before we wrap up, Monday, April 11th, from 545 to 8 p.m., what do we have going on, Mike? We got Mark Zimmon with Zona Law, one of our business associates. He's going to give a 45-minute presentation on fair housing. So definitely recommend landlords, everyone to check it out, real estate agents, and then we're also going to have the director, uh, Gina, the director of the Phoenix Housing Authority, show up uh, and talk about Section 8, homelessness and affordable housing. So uh, that's going to be a good presentation as well. So if you make it, join us. Perfect. Perfect. Manny, I know we'll see you around. We'll see you there. Mike, as always, love to be yes. in your presence, man. Love to be in your presence. <laughs> yeah, Likewise. Likewise. You got that, you got that light glowing right over you, man. Like you're like, it's a halo. Oh, wrong hand. Yeah. Cool, man. So, anything else before we sign off here? We're, we're at our point of disconnection. Manny, yeah, how do we get hold of you? I just want to say a few things, especially for, you know, what you're we talking about before the people who want to get into real estate investing, but you know, they're kind of holding off and, you know, they have these maybe self-sabotaging, you know, ideas about, you know, what can happen or like I'll fail or whatever. I would just say that, you know, if, if you just go out there and you're consistent and persistent with your action, you know, you network, 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 because you know what they say, your network is your net worth, right? And then you just, uh, you're always a lifelong learner. Don't think you know everything and just don't give up. Like you'll, you'll do fine. It'll be good. Perfect. Yep. Love the words. How how do we, how do people get a hold of you, send you deals or? On social media, I am on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is Manny, that's M-A-N-N-Y underscore Simeus, S-I-M as in money, E-U-S. And then you can always contact me. My number is 520-370-9600. Love it. Thank you for sharing. All right. Thank you, Manny. We really appreciate it. Uh, Asria family, thank you once again for enjoying a wonderful show with Manny Simeus and our executive director, Mike Delpreet. If you need any additional information about Azria, always feel free to go to azria.org. That's azria.org. And also remember to go to azria.org forward slash calendar for all of our upcoming events where you can always find someone to network with and get a deal done. So signing off, I'm Marcus Maloney. Mike Delpreet. Simeus, have a good day. You gotta give us a heads up, man. 
Thanks for listening to The Ezria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.